Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are pretty steady, but lots of moving pieces this morning, including these reports of a fiscal relief package being finalized as soon as today. Good thing, because retail sales did show their first drop in seven months. It's Fed Day. Watch Bitcoin crossing 20K. Our roadmap begins with, quote, getting closer. That is the message today from Senate Leader McConnell on the potential for a pre-Christmas COVID aid package. Meantime, as COVID cases and deaths remain near records, the White House and talks with Pfizer regarding additional doses of its vaccine. This would be for, of course, next year. And this morning, we do have airlines under pressure. United, JetBlue and Spirit getting hit with a double downgrade. Yeah, double at J.P. Morgan as disappointing demand trends, Carl, continue as we head into uh, the Christmas season. Yeah, uh, and more commentary from Southwest on that, which we'll get to, Jim. But, you know, they say that Congress never acts until the fire is in the room. And clearly, retail sales today suggest that the consumer is finally starting to tighten their wallet. Yep. Look, I, I think that it is, they only go on vacation as much as everybody else. I thought that Senator Mitch McConnell basically said, listen, we're going to get a deal. I don't know how big that deal will be, but I do uh, take it, uh, let's say, seriously when the one person in the room who has stood against or actually wasn't even in the room uh, against stimulus now realizes that we have to have it. Carl, these unemployment benefits are going away. The eviction is going to start in January. This retail sales number says, you know what? You may think that we're going to get to the promised land, but holy cow, we got to do some swim before that. Not everybody's going to get through the, uh, the, uh, the Red Sea here. It's not a good time. David. Yeah. You know. What? That we are Jordan River. Excuse me. Let's yes. get the right river. Okay. Um, you, you know that we are far too optimistic about what the vaccine can do versus the decimation that we're seeing right now. Well, yeah, in terms of timing, you mean? Yes, timing. Right. Yeah, there's no way that you're going to be able to get out in front, unfortunately, no. of what we're going to see over the next no. few couple of months, really, Jim, right? And there's concern, obviously, about a lot of people getting together during the Christmas holiday. Uh, and therefore, you're seeing once again a spike somewhat reminiscent of what we've seen after Thanksgiving to yes. some extent. I mean, I don't know if we should be thankful. There have been some who've been talking about we get to 300,000 cases a day. We're not quite we're more in the 200,000 right. range. But we know what's going on in a lot of these states. We know what the governors of some of them are talking about in terms of potential further uh, uh, lockdowns or I hate to use that word. But yeah, don't let's switch for the measures that they will name. take. And the point you've been making, and we've been talking about time and again every day here, of course, has been what is the impact going to be on these small and even medium sized businesses and all the workers uh, who are looking to Congress for some sort of help here and the state and, and municipal governments. I mean, we have a, a never ending parade of state treasurers or governors come on our air and talk about uh, some of the dire forecasts they see in terms of the need for cutting substantial jobs as they head into next year to balance their budgets. Yeah, Carl, when we look at these, uh, who's paying for the, this, the vaccines? 
when we look at the state's knowledge of how to handle the vaccines, it is the chaos that I think a lot of people were afraid of. I mean, I think other than these first line people, we got some people giving it to teachers. We got some people giving it to the elderly. We got some people giving it to the nursing home. We got some people who are saying it's going to be at CVS. Carl, I, all I know mm-hmm. is that if you worked at a hospital, you got it or you're getting it. And everybody else it just seems like a free for all, Carl, a free for all. Yep. Yep. Uh, Gottlieb with some really smart comments about what the spring, even the late winter gym is going to look like because uh, according to Gottlieb, it's going to be a heterogeneity, is how he put it. Very stark differences from state to state on how they triage distribution of the vaccine once they get past healthcare workers and nursing homes. By the way, uh, Secretary Azar on the news with Shepard Smith last night talked about when you might actually get to go to a CVS and get this vaccine as part of the general population. Take a listen. I believe that by the end of February into March, of course, depending on the decisions by our governors, but I believe we'll have enough supply out there to be reaching out into the general public for administration at your CVS's Walgreens Kroger's and near the end of February into March. Uh, Jim, already um, the U.K. has uh, uh, vaccinated 130,000 people in the first week. Yeah, I had a Vantor on last night, and they make the, uh, a lot of the substance for every single one of the vaccines. And they're saying that, uh, too bullish, that I'm too bullish short-term, uh, short-term meaning in the, next, in the next month and a half. Did not necessarily disagree about the vaccine glut, by the way. It's all J&J, Carl. You can have, uh, yeah, Pfizer maybe can boost by even 50 million, but it's all J&J. Now, I am told that J&J is still on target. But if J&J does a one-shot vaccine and they have as many as I think they do, then we will have a vaccine glut and we'll get to the first quarter, end of first quarter, and we will be in good shape. But, David, if we do not get something that tides us over, we have a big gap between between now and March. Yep, we do. Uh, We do. Uh, We've talked about it. And uh, it could be humanitarian, really a big issue. Uh, that said, the stock market, Jim, just does nothing but go up. Uh, Nasdaq's now up 40% yeah. for this year. The S&P having a very strong year, up 14 plus a percent at this point. Uh, and you can see we're setting up for what would appear to be a slightly higher open, at least this morning as well. I guess we're going to hear from, uh, from uh, Powell later, right? Um, yeah. I'm not expecting too much there. But, Jim, that story continues as well. Uh, and certainly the, the suffering of small businesses and the unemployment levels, just not really something that the market, it's not a human being, the stock market, but to the extent its participants are, uh, really care about. Well, we'll take a look at that chart. Uh, what is that a chart of? Is that a chart of Costco? Uh, which means that the small guys gets wiped out because Costco offers a superior uh, price. Uh, is that a chart of the semiconductors, which are thriving because of the stay-at-home work situation? It is not a chart of the restaurants that, are, uh, uh, that I know. It's not a chart of the small businesses that I know. It's a chart of the winners. And I think that the people who are small business that create most of the jobs are not in that chart. Uh, that chart is a very compelling uh, statement about the wipeout of small business in this country. And the acceleration of all the trends that we've talked about that will stay with us long after the pandemic. And I guess the question becomes the big have obviously gotten bigger and stronger. Yes. 
Uh, what is it going to mean for the competitive landscape that exists prior to the pandemic well, or look, after I, the pandemic? I had Lulu on last night. Uh, Carl, what an incredible story. They're saying that not only is the country going toward a more uh, casual look, meaning you can have Lulu in a hybrid economy where you're going to be at work or at home. But what does it say about all of the companies that produce expensive clothes, nice clothes, uh, mm. department stores? Is Lulu taking over the world? No, but the concept is taking over the world. And I know that people say the malls are open. Uh, everybody wants to be very bullish because it's the holiday time. This is a, a Santa Claus rally. But it, uh, Carl, what, what I'm looking at is, uh, again, with the charts that I, that I see, is the destruction of the way yep. we did our, or that the country worked uh, a year ago. And a whole new way. Yeah. Uh, I call it the hybrid economy. I mean, literally, we choose where we want to work. And when we're not working at, at the office, of which I think most people don't want to do, we're wearing Lulu. We are not wearing clothes that cost a lot of money. I know PBH is having a good it's, quarter, it, and that's terrific. But I just think that the hybrid economy is so different from what we expected that what matters is security. What uh, cybersecurity and boy, we, that breach was really bad. And what matters is the notion that you're not going back the way they want you to, because nobody wants to get yeah, sick. It, it's a it's a great point how this is all going to change uh, post vaccine, Jim. And I want to ask you, I want to listen to a soundbite with you and Lulu from last night. And then I want to ask you about Nike on the other side. Take sure. a listen. I don't see any uh, real material impact slowing our business down, and we're committed to our analyst day uh, goals of uh, you know by 23. So excited about the next few years and beyond. It is a good setup because Nike Jim uh, is, reports Friday night, which is not usual, and it's raised all kinds of guesses as to why that may be happening. Well, all I know is th- is that Lulu, Williams Sonoma, and Nike are the uh, they are the front runners in what I call the change to the direct to consumer economy, DTC. If you know your shoe size, you can order Nikes. I think that I don't know why Nike's reporting when nobody's going to be around. All I can tell you is, is this business is strong in China. Business is strong in Western Europe. And I believe business is strong in the United States. But the direct to consumer Lulu is at 40 percent. We don't even know how far along Nike is. William Sonoma is more than uh, than 50 percent. David, people want their their goods delivered to their house. They don't want to go to wherever they were being sold, with the exception of 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 Home Depot and Lowe's with the news this morning that Black & Decker, Stanley Black & Decker, is going to have 10% organic growth rather than 3 to 5 We are still going to these major big boxes in order to be able to take the money, and I think that will include the money we're going to get from the government, and fix up our houses if we're lucky enough to have a house. Right. So what, the only hope for brick and mortar at this point in small business is if the Russians just continue to increase their cyber attacks and shut down the entire digital economy, and then we just got to go into stores with actual cash? Well, what do you, like Blofeld? I mean, you know, yeah, the Russians. I mean, are the, the Russians are coming, the Russians Blofeld are coming. Blofeld was not, was not No, but not I'm saying Russian. it's like, you know, thrush was, is on the 13th was, floor of the Empire State Come Building. On. He was Spectre, special. The, well, I'm just saying, no, I'm saying enemies. I, terror and something. Well, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the United <laughs> United Network Command for Law and Enforcement, Man from Uncle. Carl, what I think is happening, look, David's absolutely right in terms of the scariness of the Russian cybersecurity breach. I mean, I thought that we have all these companies to do cybersecurity. But I think he's also right in, in staying, saying that you can open the mall uh, and, and holiday season is here. 
But, Carl, I, I just think the world has changed. Contactless. I mean, you've got I mean, I don't know about you, but I, contactless means to me I'm not going to the mall. Uh, and that's great for a lot of the companies that you're seeing right there in the watch list. It's not great for the small business people. I mean, we see all these great ads for small business, but you know, they can't make it if they don't have more customers. And they don't have the yeah. customers because people perceive it as dangerous, which is ridiculous. How about the way that they closed yeah, all the restaurants? Every one of the restaurants in New York. No, I look at Brinker's commentary today, uh, even though some of the comps at Chili's are, are doing better than Maggiano's, but no good. On the other hand, Jim, Stiefel takes Chipotle to 1500 today, uh, goes to a buy on unit growth over the next couple of years. But I see them 1500 I go to 1800 I mean, Chipotle's are uh, th- these guys are completely digital. By the way, what, what Chipotle has done, which is really extraordinary, they make as much money uh, with people when people are going into the restaurant as they do now with a really incredible ecosystem uh, of everything digital. David, Chipotle has digitized the restaurants in a way that nobody else has. And that's the casual dining, good food, that you can order, that they can give you, that you can drive through. And they're talking about having 6,000 Chipotles. How many are there now, do you know? A couple thousand. Wow. So that much increase. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. and um, That's a lot of Chipotles. It's game, set, match, Chipotle. That's Brian Nickel. I mean, I don't think people realize a lot of this is just management. Management that understands that you got to get digitized. You do. David, if you're not digitized. No, then you're in a very, you're in a deep <laughs> hole. Yes. And how many, how many companies have the, the forethought to bring in Silicon Valley to fix their problem? No, you're right. Uh, I, you know, Carl, it's funny. I do think about um, the New York Stock Exchange. Well, you know, all of us would go to work there. I'd stop for my coffee. He'd stop for his. I'd go out and get my smoothie. Uh, all the different businesses in, in uh, business districts around this country uh, where the workers would go use the restaurants and the outdoor vendors and all those things. And all those people are out of work right now. There's nothing going on. Yeah. I mean, do you, if you, you guys hear the Tom Cruise uh, audio of him yelling at the, the Mission Impossible crew uh, because they were not socially distancing? I yeah. mean, the, ang- the anger in that audio clip is all about the workers in the film industry, David, who have not been able to, to get back to work because of this, this global tragedy we're living through. Yep. Do you let people in your apartment, Dave? Um, no, not I, really. I don't let I people mean, in my with, house. With the windows open and a mask on, maybe in the clothes, uh, you know. Carl, I don't know. Um, I mean, we're in a situation where they're not wearing masks when they're making we, a movie. We That's going to be under Biden. I think that you can, you know, these people will be fine. Like when you went to Spain, it's 800 euros. You went outside. 800 euros if you went in the wrong time. That's a big, that's a, you know, euros are expensive. Yeah. But, but uh, and getting more expensive. Guys, we don't even talk about that. Yeah, dollars a week. Yeah. There's so much to get to this morning. Obviously, it's Fed Day. We got some M&A and cannabis, Bitcoin 20K, research calls on Etsy, Exxon, JetBlue, United, Moderna, Pfizer, and more. Back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.
Massachusetts regulators expected to file a complaint against Robinhood as early as today, according to the Wall Street Journal. The complaint accuses the trading platform of exposing investors to unnecessary trading risks, failing to protect Jim, and uh, as they put it, falling far short of the fiduciary standard that was adopted this year. They're talking about the fact that they think it encourages gamification. Now, I think that you can put all the disclosures in the world if you want to satisfy Massachusetts. But the fact is, people want to trade, and they want to trade in a way that they think they have every right to. Uh, the state of Massachusetts, I think, is out of bounds versus the SEC. I mean, I think it's terrific that the, a state may consider uh, regulating, but you know what? This is a federal problem. And if it is a federal problem and the SEC thinks there's something wrong, they should say it. David, when I go to their site, what I see is... Uh, a, a level of of ease of which people can trade that maybe that's what the regulators don't want because the suitability is the same. I don't really regard the suitability as that different. Right. Well, the ease is only going to continue to right. get even easier uh, or increase uh, and the functionality and all those different things. But there's no doubt. I mean, the gamification is probably the right word, isn't it, Jim? There yeah. is that. You've got a lot of uh, younger people, college students and, and the like who are you know, who can you can do trades in between classes. You can do trades whenever you want. Well, obviously, many of them are at home at this point as well. But uh, there is an ease of use here. It's not like the old days or no. even even the recent days where you had to be sort of in front of a laptop in some fashion and log into your E-Trade account or your Schwab or Ameritrade. I yeah. mean, this is quick and easy. I killed it during a third year at law school at Harvard yes. uh, because I got the green light that the, from the professor, Professor Reed, he said, you know what? He's a great antitrust professor. He said that he believed that Chevron would be able to take over golf. And I just got a ton of options right. during the uh, intermission of the class. Yep. And then they got approval. I crushed it. You crushed it. That was the beginning yeah. for you, So, wasn't I it? mean, well, that's why yeah. I say, why can't these people have the ability to crush it? They can. So you knew what an option was, was, and you knew antitrust law, at least, and you knew actually, you know. What was the one thing I attended and studied? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, again, I don't know. Mr. Kramer, do you? What people do know Mr. or don't. Kramer, I haven't checked do actually have this question? morning. How are the Reddit? How's your friends? How's the Reddit board? David, they used, to, they used a clip of you on Reddit, and it is. Um, they used a clip of me? Yeah, well, you uh -oh. know, talking to me, and there's one, uh, YOLO Bull. YOLO, Yolo uh, you only live once. <laughs> this guy likes me. Um, he superimposed my head on someone who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for all I know. Oh, right. and, and, David, this is the person of the year I thought would be you. Yeah. But, Carl, it's a mad, mad world, and that's what they do. They're calling it mad cash uh, in today's the lead, lead story. All I know is that it's a federal issue, isn't it? I mean, we have maybe got 50 states like we got with the vaccine, right? Vaccine, we got 50 states, Massachusetts. Wow. Whatever happened to the federal government? Who the heck knows? <laughs> oh, man. Two days of uh, Reddit references in the uh, in the B block uh, in a row. David we'll talk more about that me. later on and, today. And David wanted to bring up <laughs> a bar stool, but I prevented it from happening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. A lot more to get to on this Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. 
with a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's uh, time for a mad dash. You know, not that much corporate news this morning, Jim, but a lot of research yes. that we're keeping track of. I mean, unless the corporate news, Tilray and Afria, your buddy. Erwin Simon, Erwin Simon comes out on top. Comes out. <laughs> right? He always finds a way, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he sure does. Um, and we'll get to that. Uh, but let's hit uh, the airline call that we mentioned at the top of the show. David, you know, I hate it when people rain on the parade. Okay, but J.P. Morgan has chosen to do that. Double downgrade JetBlue, United Airlines. They're joining. Get this spirit. This is an amazing piece. They're saying they join Southwest Air, which has some comments today, and American Airlines. It's things you shouldn't own. Stretch balance sheets. Well, what's the point of being negative, David, when when everyone's so down? You know, hey, how about the opening of America? Well, no, they're saying that please do not own these. These stocks have become. Very stretched. Anyways. They say American remains by far the name they receive the most inquiry on in the form of how can you possibly explain this valuation? But David, the- it's 8.3 times enterprise value over EBITDA. Well, what's Tesla? Um, and towers above all others by at least two turns in right. terms of the multiple there. Well, the stock did. Remember, they did a gigantic equity offering. They did. And a lot of these younger investors who were uh, just singled out, I think, like the, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't want to call them Robin Hood types anymore. That's too negative. How about... Uh, exuberant people okay. uh, felt that the equity offering was a good thing yes. because it made it so American can live to play again. You and I thought it was dilutive, David. Well, because it was. Yeah, but David, you and I are sour pusses. It's 1998, David. Where are you taking Qualcomm to? What's your price target uh, Qualcomm? 1200 1200 Who was that, Gal? Who was that? Was it Walter? Oh, was it Pizek? No, uh, uh, Walt, yeah, Pizek. I mean, he's a Pizek. good analyst, by He's the way. a great analyst. He does really good work. The $1,000 price target for everything but, other than Chipotle. Uh, Commerce One. Do you know there's 27? Commerce, Commerce One? One. Do you know there's 2,700 oh, Chipotles? I meant to check my files, my old internet files up there. I got filing cabinets all over the place. I was going to pull one out oh, with all those old names. Me. I'm going to go do that. Me. Maybe I'll even run up there during spack the break. Spack me or spack me? We'll take a break. We'll be right back with an opening bell. Jim mentioned retail earlier this morning. Keep your eye on Etsy today as Stiefel cuts to hold, uh, saying that shares have surpassed the $170 target. Yeah, I don't know, Carl. I mean, all I can tell you is they're saying hard compares. Uh, We're starting to see this whole thing about the hard compares. Companies that did very well when the pandemic started, they're going to not do as well next year. I don't buy it one bit. Etsy is another company that I think has changed the face of the country. And as long as there's interesting product in Etsy, it is going to remain an up stock. It is too early to abandon Etsy. Too early. I thought that timing on that yeah. call was just mistaken. As I do the oil calls. Yeah. I mean, the- excellent. Yeah, you mentioned the oils. Um, yesterday, it was the upgrade of Oxy um, over at Wells. Today, it's the upgrade of Exxon 
over at Goldman, Jim, people are trying to dive into some of the uh, underperformers. Yeah, they, this whole idea of circling back to the underperformers, it, it leaves me cold. I mean, there's in, in the Exxon upgrade, it does say there, it's a cyclical call, not a secular call. Let's not forget, there is something called ESG, David. Yeah, I want to talk. We'll talk a little bit more about Exxon on the other side of the bell. Really? You have something? Well, just, you know, I've been focused on it a bit, as you know, for months now. In terms right. of activism and what they've been doing and not. But, Carl, uh, let me send it back over to you for the opening bell. Yeah. No. Well, I can't wait to hear more because WTI, uh, highest since March 4th today. There's the opening bell at the NYSC celebrating an IPO. It's America's Technology Acquisition Corp. At the NASDAQ, it's e-commerce platform Wish. Also celebrating an IPO, and we will talk to the CEO, uh, Jim, in the next hour. Well, look, uh, you know, what can I say? The IPOs, the SPACs, I mean, the SPACs are, are amazing. I've got a SPAC MP, a rare earth materials SPAC, uh, done, uh, done very well. I mean, it's been terrific. Uh, I don't understand how, may, how you could have as many SPACs as we do and it seems completely unregulated. I mean, talk about regulation with Robin Hood. Uh, the regulation that we have about SPACs is so, I'd say, um, haphazard. You think so? I mean, listen, they, what? they register, they sell their shares, there is a process, and they go out and find the company that they're going to actually allow to come public through the SPAC. They call it a merger, so it does end up as well, by the way, in the league tables as merger, but really these are... These are opportunities for these are an alternative way to take companies public uh, and they do that. And it's all I mean, and it is all delineated in filings, Jim. It's not clear to me that there's anything lacking regulatory wise. Well, I think that the plethora of them and the lack of knowledge about what they're going to do, so-called blank check, makes it so that people are diving into something that uh, I think they know nothing about. I mean, Massachusetts can go after Robin Hood for uh, not for Rob for uh, Robin Hood not letting people know enough. I mean, come on. I think a blank check doesn't let people know any, know enough. That's that's what well, I you're want. making We're a bet on the blank check part. You're just making a bet. Typically, they don't trade up a great deal, even with big sponsors, well-known sponsors. Uh, they don't trade up that much. They are usually sold to 10. Ackman sold his at 20. But, uh, you know, and they they hang in there until they announce their deal. And then, of course, they try to come on here and tell us all about why it's great. And then they try to attract people. Your point, I guess, is not necessarily as much. Maybe, you know, you could be attracted to who sponsors this back and say, well, this person has a very strong track record or an expertise in a particular area. I think they're going to be able to find the right deal or develop the right relationships or based on the relationships they already have, uh, add a lot of value. So where, your issue, though, is what? Where? Once they announce the deal, people still don't understand well, what they're doing. A lot of times they merge with companies and it's a reverse merger or, or it's a company that we really can't figure out what it's actually doing uh, with it, with the money. Uh, it, it, the, sometimes companies come public that would have gotten much more scrutiny. Now, there's a company I like. Here, here's a good one. This is what I want. I want something like Uts. OK, you know, Uts, right? Yep. Well, that that is a company that came public via one of these ways and it's uh, been a fantastic stock and everybody knows what Uts is okay but a lot of these are somebody's name i mean i get called in the lightning round but these companies i look at us says oh there's john ledecky all right well ledecky i went to school i mean i don't know I, I, anybody can have a spec and anybody can and in fact i think you'll find that city and csb csfb I mean, any of them cs uh, they'll they'll underwrite it 
if you can sell it, 250 million, 300 million bucks. But a lot of it then is really focused on the deal that you announce and the pipe investors that you bring in as well. The right, the private investment, the public equity investors that come along when they announce this deal, you've seen there's then usually a typically perhaps as large as the SPAC, if not even larger in some cases, also smaller, but a sizable amount of money that comes in of investors who are saying, hey, we also believe we are endorsing this deal. And that that becomes important, too. Jim, I'm not saying by any means that this isn't going to end badly. It very well may. There's $63 billion or more out there right now that is available for uh, for companies to come public, essentially. And and we'll see. It's why we're covering it closely. And there's a broad array of companies, whether it's Private equity portfolio companies that are coming, that private equity is using it as a way to get them public, that have been around for a long time. Companies that are in their early stages of development that wouldn't otherwise come public. Companies that have merged with another company that are sort of funky that then come public through the SPAC, uh, as opposed to going the traditional IPO route where, to your point, they might get more scrutiny or simply there might be like no way. Uh, There are also some good ones. Agreed. Yeah. We should go to Carl. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I was just thinking Arya Burkhoff of uh, Lion Tree says celebrities could be next. Anyone with the future cash flow to discount, uh, that's a story perhaps for a future day. We are uh, keeping our eyes peeled for any details on a fiscal relief package. For that, we're going to go to Elon Moy after Politico Elon said that the table is being set today. Well, that's right, Carl. A source now tells me that Congress is getting close to a deal on another COVID relief package. The top line number would be roughly $900 billion. It would not include state and local aid or liability protections, two of the most controversial provisions in the negotiations so far. But the source tells me that it would include another round of stimulus checks. NBC News reporting that those checks would likely be in the range of about $600 per person. So it sounds like there is real progress being made, though, of course, nothing is final until uh, the ink is dry, guys. Uh, But there were talks that went on until late last night. We were expecting more negotiations to happen throughout the day today. And now it looks like they are getting close to a deal. $900 billion would be the top line number. No state and local aid, no liability protections, but it would include stimulus checks. Guys. Uh, Elon, we'll come back to you, obviously, I think uh, often this morning. Jim, I wanted to ask you, there's a Bloomberg's got a piece this morning saying that the fiscal apocalypse that was expected to blow a hole in state budgets has not come, at least not yet. And that has provided an opening for lawmakers to leave that part out. Oh, look, I just think it, as long as I want the hospitals protected, I just think that the amount of money that the hospitals have had to spend. And don't remember, some of these hospitals just don't have they're they're, they're going to be bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, and, and there will be. I think there are there is funding for certain things related to the money being spent by state and municipalities on COVID specifically. It's just not going to address the gaping budget deficits that many of these states are facing uh, as a result of the slowdown in economic activity, which was resulted, of course, in tax revenues being well below. I mean, listen, in our region, it's also the MTA, which is facing just a gigantic uh, budget deficit, what, 12 billion or more, um, which could result in a 40 percent cut in services, which would be which would just crush uh, the ability to, for people to get around in, in the tri-state area and therefore make things a lot more difficult. Look, I think that there are certain stocks, Carl, that are such big winners. If everybody, you know, man, woman, child gets 600 bucks. I mean, here we go again. I mean, you, the money goes to the big box retailers. 
The money goes to fix up your house or your apartment, and the money goes for the gamification of stocks. Maybe that's one of the reasons why stocks are so strong. I love that word. Gamification. I don't look. Don't doubt that. I, I, I talk with people at the major JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley. They all know that there's a whole new group of people who are buying stocks because they got money from the federal government and they don't need it. Why don't they target the people who need it? I don't know. So you're not you're not counting, Jim, on any of that that direct payment going to help the very small businesses we were just talking about. Look, I think that business interruption insurance is what's really needed. You, you, look, we have a storm coming. How, uh, you can't have restaurants outside. New York. I don't want to be too New York centric, but the idea was is that we want businesses, PPP. We want businesses to stay alive so they can keep hiring. The six hundred dollars to to rich people. Uh, or to people who have means, I hope that they don't get that. So we save it for other people who need it worse, for people who are hungry. David, there are people who are not getting food in our country because of something that had nothing to do with their work ethic. Nothing. It's absolutely true. The food lines are are long and horrific. You're right. Um, Listen, you hope the money will get to the people who need it most. Uh, it's a, a potentially a good thing. And I mean, we heard Warren Buffett yesterday and David Solomon saying, come on, you've got to get moving on this. And at least the idea that Congress is without state and local. I mean, Mitch McConnell, uh, Jim, has more or less gotten everything he was looking for from the very beginning. Right. Yes, I think so. Uh, and he congratulated. We forget. They just he came congratulated to him. Biden. He actually, you know, that was yeah. a major acknowledgement. Yes. Puts him, he could be in the fire of Twitter, which was upgraded today. The Twitter upgrade. Twitter hey, upgrade. Yeah, well, I think in, in subtext of that, the president, maybe he is going to stay on Twitter and have a, just a universe of <laughs> tweets that we all have to follow. David, we probably have to wake up in the morning and see what he says. I don't. Not me. No. Why? What are you going to do? Nothing. Why, why bother? Well, after January 20th. Because well, he doesn't exist after January 20th? Well, not in terms of his ability to affect policy, right? Well, I mean, the reason we follow him is what's he going to say about China trade? What is he going to say about uh, Jerome Powell? What's he going to, I mean, but when he's no longer president, why? Well, why do you care, Jim? Why? Cause, um, because so he may be running for president starting uh, January 21st. Call. Okay, so? Well, I mean, it's a campaign that could go on and. I think he could still shoot down the stocks. We're not going to be sharing his tweets any longer on our air because they're not going to be news. Wow. All right, David. Right. I, I mean, I, Carl, am I wrong? I mean, he is the you know, when you're the president, you got to follow everything he says and does because it has an impact. And we have done that. But it's not clear to me that that would be the case after. Well, yeah, unless we start also uh, airing tweets from uh, Bob Dole and Al Gore and Bill Clinton and mm-hmm. others who uh, who either ran for president or tried and lost. Uh, It's going to be a key element of of Twitter's uh, engagement, that's for sure, as J.P. Morgan, to Jim's point, uh, goes to overweight 65 target. Jim, um, we now have the, uh, we will have the biggest cannabis company as a Tilray and APHA uh, merging this all-stock deal, equity value of almost $4 billion. We just talked to Boris Jordan yesterday of Curaleaf. They're going to be uh, uh, surpassed in terms of, uh, I think size, overall size. Look, this market, uh, Tilray, 22 million shares. Uh, you, you traded. Uh, look, the younger people, uh, not the institutions, uh, love these stocks. Erwin Simon, over and over again, he's profitable. He talks about that. 
grow generation. I like that, but that's a roll up. Uh, I want people to be careful of these. Uh, Canopy has a lot of money. Be careful because you really need uh, federal legislation to make this thing work. And so far, I don't see Mitch McConnell endorsing it in the Senate, the House they've got. But, David, remember, right now you can't take credit cards. They have to do cash. I mean, there's a lot of restrictions on it that make it so that it's not like gambling, which is now in almost every state. Yep, and that's why they still want the federal, to your point, even though state by state, they certainly are uh, even states that, uh, you know, Boris referred to it yesterday as that green wave. You saw all these right. states legalizing. Well, every state, it, it, it's on the ballot. Approves yep, it. Until it becomes federal, uh, to your point, especially in terms of things like payment, uh, it, it's it's yet to sort of see its real growth phase that they're all hoping for. No, it's no been pun such intended. a bust. I mean, but, let's just admit it. But, but, but I mean, remember when drinks. this thing, Jim, remember when this thing, talk about speculation. I mean, it's not as though it hasn't existed in our market prior to this current period. Tilray was, what, 150 bucks at one point? Well, remember, it, it you couldn't borrow a, the stock because the borrow was so expensive. Yeah, an unfortunate run up there because what happened is it was a big short squeeze. But um, And we should point out Erwin Simon ran Haynes Celestial. Uh, and, and Afria will actually own 62% of the combined company, even though Tilray's is the stock that's being used as the currency here. Yes. Um, they, uh, their shareholders own 62%, and he's going to run it, Jim. He's going to be CEO of this. Well, I, I had Mark Schiller on recently, who is the CEO of Haines Celestial, which uh, was the company that Irwin uh, did run very capably. And look at that. There's a uh, 52-week high up 3.5%. So uh, I think Irwin, oh, Irwin's on at four o'clock, David. And I think that uh, Irwin is a consumer packaged goods guy and can really do a pretty good job. Canopy, I urge people to look at that one. If you want to do cannabis, Canopy is going to have the equivalent of taste great, no filling, not less filling, no filling. Tell me, David, if you don't want to get a legal buzz, don't try it, but a legal buzz from a THC drink. From Canopy that tastes good uh, sure. and is legal. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll give that a shot. I'll bring a six-pack I, I think it is important to point out how small these companies are. All right. I mean, the, the pro forma on this thing, U.S. Uh, revenues or total revenues, $865 million U.S. dollars. That's pro forma last 12 months reported by each company. In other words, if they were together. I mean, these are still tiny companies. Snow Chewy. No. Snow Fastly. No. No. Snow Exxon Mobil. Well, that used to be a big company. Carl, uh, still Carl, Carl still Deal. Yeah, guys, um, we got those retail sales numbers uh, down 1-1 from Rick Santelli at 8.30. I think some flash PMIs are on the way. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. And we will get to those flash PMIs when they appear. And Carl nailed it. Yeah, if you were looking for retail sales to be powering equities higher, uh, you're looking in the wrong place because they were weak. Minus 1.1 on headline, and everything thereafter was negative, strip out autos and gas. But the market's still firm. Look at an intraday of 10s. Not only did it pop about five minutes ago and it eased back a bit, but if you look at a two-day, we've gained a lot of basis points leading in today's uh, Fed day. Of course, the decision shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because most likely we're not going to see any significant changes. But it all depends on what you think significant is. Uh, at some point, a taper must be in order as these vaccines start to get distributed. And if you continue to look at the charts, the next chart that's super important you want to pay attention to is what's going on in Boone's. Boone yields have actually moved quite a bit in the last two days. That's why we don't use percentages. Their yields are up about 14% in one and a half sessions. Here are the PMIs now from market. If you look at the manufacturing PMI, 56 Point five. That, that uh, definitely is a bit of a give back 
versus last look, which was 56.7, but only a small one. 55.3 on services, that sequentially follows 58.4, and that is definitely a bit weaker than expected. And finally, let's look at the composite, 55.7, sequentially following 58.6. Back to the chart, shall we? Now, foreign exchange is having a lot of movements, and the biggest common denominator, weak dollar. No matter where you look, actually, you look at the Chinese yuan, the dollar's weak. Well, here, let's look at the euro. Let's look at the pound. Both these are going back to the spring of 2018, the pound to May, the euro to April, and the dollar index itself closing at the weakest levels yesterday since April. We'll call it a 31-plus month low. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thanks so much, uh, Rick Santelli. We did get a brief record high on the NASDAQ and the Russell, but uh, markets uh, essentially in irons right now. Uh, not much movement as we wait for more clarity on a potential fiscal relief bill. And, of course, the Fed presser this afternoon. Don't go away. Guys, you know, uh, we mentioned cyber attacks earlier uh, in the program. But, Jim, worth coming back to this as a story because it's such an important one involving this company, Solar Winds, that we've talked a bit about as well, uh, that manages a lot of these networks, um, these network. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.